Alan Watt on, an expert on the new world order, as well as the mind control that we have on the TV. We're going to be talking about uh, that and uh, maybe Freemasonry. Who knows where it'll go? Um, the man's an endless resource of information, so uh, we'll just take it wherever the wind blows us, I guess. All right, guys, stick with us. We'll be right back with Alan Watt. should be very interesting. All right, guys, with no further ado, let me introduce our guest today. It's Mr. Alan Watt, researcher, expert on the New World Order, on Freemasonry, on mind control, and many other interesting subjects. Uh, welcome to the show, Alan. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been listening off and on. Um, I belong to a chat forum called Pal Talk. Uh-huh. And uh, quite often people come in and play your tapes in the room, so I've gotten familiar with uh, with you and your work through that. And, uh, yeah, i got to say, it's very interesting. You've covered a lot of different subjects. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's, you know, any number of directions we can go, maybe all of them today. <laughs> Two hours isn't much time to it's cover not, much of anything, but not, we yeah. could just jump around the map a bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I know one thing that's uh, that interests me, uh, interests me particularly is uh, this aspect uh, of the New World Order of mind control, the way that the public is being manipulated, and sometimes in ways so subtle that uh, most people have no idea it's even going on. But uh, it's done yeah. through, you know, the entertainment media, uh, even the commercials. It's everything. It's everything which a person thinks is normal. Uh, your whole culture, everything that you enjoy, your fiction, your non-fiction, uh, the formats, the sequences which is laid out on television, media, uh, magazines. We're given our topics to think about. Um, we were trained to believe media is there, in fact, to do our thinking for us. People really expect them to, to be there to tell them what really is happening. That's the myth prior to the 1950s. People were very suspicious of all media because they knew the big media barons had their biases and formats to go along. So they did a great propaganda job, again, through Hollywood that churned out movies on uh, these eager reporters exposing the stories and, and getting it to the people. That was all propaganda, as is most drama on television. And it's worked very well. Uh, Zygmunt Brzezinski, uh, whose speciality really was to do with think tanks, to do with mind control, electronic and otherwise, has said in one of his books that um, shortly the public will be unable to, th- to reason for themselves. They will, they will expect the media to do the reasoning for them. Well, that's been accomplished for most yeah, people. Be- yeah. Between two ages, I think, was the book that he yeah. said that. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's what people do, isn't it? They just put their minds in neutral. And they're trained to. They're trained to. Yeah. See, all mammals uh, look towards an adult to show them uh, dangerous signals of what is, is out there that's harmful to them. And if your parents don't know if it's been successful in one generation, then the next generation is born into it, think that everything that exists in their, in their system is therefore natural, is naturally evolved. And that's the beauty of it. One generation is all it takes. It's the second one uh, that's your complete victim. It works very well. Now, I'd like to think on shows like this that we are, in fact, influencing people, but for a good purpose, not to manipulate them, not to control them, not to blind them, but to open 
in their eyes. Yeah, and it's hard even because most people don't truly get out the matrix. They, they, they wake up in level one, they get off the floor a bit when they realize their lives or personally are going to be impacted with changes that they see coming. But they still don't get the whole story. They still think if we just vote the right guy in, it'll all change. They have no idea uh, that government for over a hundred years um, at the top management levels of government uh, it already was working towards complete globalism and a new system of society yeah this system has been in place for a really long time the only reason why people are now becoming aware of it is just that they're moving so fast but yeah. it's not new it's not new and people just think well it's the ones who are in power now that are doing it all but that's not true at all the ones in power now are, are placed there and have been vetted long before the public hear their names to even vote for and have been vetted by an elite above them uh, and it's all been exposed even Carl quickly exposed it and tragedy and hope and the anglo-american establishment right uh, and he wrote that in the 1960s he said that uh, he said that um, it's already been in place for over 50 years that was back then this and whole what's interesting system. about him is he was an insider you know he was writing as someone who actually had no aversion to this goal just that he didn't like it was so secretive. Well, he was actually the historian for the CFR, so he had he had sure. all the records, yeah. Uh -huh. Right. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, stick with us, folks. We'll be right back with Alan Watt. Very interesting revelations coming up. Giuliani, talking with, uh, um, just left the studio now, I guess I'm getting a message from uh, my friends in Paltalk listening in that the feed isn't coming through very clear, it keeps breaking and looping, uh-huh, hopefully that's something that they can resolve. Anyway, yeah, Alan, we're talking about uh, the media, uh, talking about their manipulation, but it's not just the media, is it? We're looking at uh, organized religion complicit in this, we're looking at uh, education all of it everything that you think is normal that you've been brought up with uh -huh. yeah that's right. and it, again you, you can trace all of this back uh, over the past hundred years you know you had John Dewey I mean they, they were busy hiring people even before Dewey um, I think it was Manning was a guy that trained Dewey and uh, they they'd already decided then and uh, about getting a world government together run by uh, science experts in science as it should be, they claimed, and to get rid of all superstition, which is religion. That's those terms they used and still use, and uh, to make the world more efficient uh, to serve the system. Now, they have no problem with a dominant minority running the world. It's always been that way. And they have no problem with a, a hired scientific elite uh, which helps keep it all under control. And that includes all of the science, that's medicine, psychology, psychiatry, everything. Sure. Uh, oh, yeah, we're lied to about a whole lot of things in a whole lot of different areas, not yeah. just politics. Yeah, it was about the 1950s um, when they made, they made the big push towards uh, separating uh, religion. That was necessary because religions in all forms really... Uh, are there to give an individual a sense of right and wrong according to their conscience and their deity, whichever it happens to be in any culture. Uh, they have to separate that to make government the only 
power that you would be afraid of because government was to become overtly aggressive and dictatorial as opposed to be there to, to be a public servant. They've forgotten what public servants are. And so have the public. <laughs> we now accept that they are somehow superior and now government agencies dictate directly to the individual and there's no one to stand in their way, there's no organizations, there's no social cohesive forces that you'd find in religious bodies to really stand in the way of the government's authority directly over an individual. And yet here they are downplaying, you know, religion as a whole, the religion of the masses, but uh, they have their own little twisted religious agenda, don't they? They do, they do, and it's an old, old one because psychopaths in general, all down through the ages, will always get to the same stage where if they define what is a god, they're sitting chanting to each other and laughing about all the tricks they play on the public. Um, what is a god? A god has all power over people over life and death, if you can live and die, who can breed, who can't breed, uh, who takes the lion's share of the wealth and lives in luxury, uh, and who doesn't. So technically to themselves they are gods as defined by, I mean gods is a generic term, it covers all, uh, all gods in the past have been just that, gods, you see. And of course right. we know that the ancient kings, not so much ancient either, uh, right up through into the present royalty, they, they represented God on earth. They were the sovereign with God's power on earth. So it's not hard to see how this developed a long time ago, but it was introduced with a quirk, uh, which was the introduction of money. Money is their system. Uh, there's winners and losers in a moneyed system and banking and credit and debt and compound interest. It's a, a phony science, but it's a, a psychopathic, anti-human system. It's really an, a tool of enslavement, is what it is. Absolutely. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Uh, uh, um, we find that um, uh, he who has the gold makes the rules, you know. And just no matter if it's gold or, or porcupine quills or shells, as long as one person or a few have the right to, to dictate how much is worth today, then those down below uh, have to obey them. Uh, the whole system is set up so that you can't get away or, or, or survive without money. You just can't do it today. It doesn't I mean, matter where it, you go. Yeah. It's so hard to get people to understand even one aspect of this, but to get them to see the big picture, to step back and panoramically look at the whole thing and see how we are literally manipulated from every conceivable end. Mm -hmm. Everything is a rigged game. Everything is. It truly is a rigged game. Even your formats of education, some of the worst people to get through are, are those who've gone through the, the latest university courses because it never dawns on them they're being lied to. What they're being told is all exciting to them because it's made to sound exciting. Uh, it doesn't occur to them that a lot of what they've been told is, is either lies or slanted in a way to shape their minds to come to preordained conclusions. Uh, this is all science, of course. It's like Plato's cave. If you have them all stuck in one place and tell them they're superior and they're now illumined, which is what alumni are, uh, then they'll believe it. And arrogance is, is the greatest thing to blind a person from uh, any further research for themselves. Did you say the alumni? Yeah. Uh -huh. You know, I never thought of that, the connection there, but even that word is... Uh, oh, sure. ...overtones to it. That's what it is. It's all illumined, yeah. Very interesting. Yeah.
Now, you know, a good case in point with this is, of course, the NIST report, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the degree of just scandalous statements that have no semblance of anything that could, could be called scientific. I mean, my eight-year-old daughter can see through this, and yet it's being pawned off as uh, a scientific report. I'll tell you what, we're going to take a break, and we come back, we can uh, pick up from there and talk some more about that. Stick with us, folks. We'll be right back. Uh, yeah, Mr. Watt, before the break, we were talking about the NIST report as a good example of how, uh, you know, the lies are so obvious there that, you know, people can, can see just how much we're scammed by people that, you know, we've been trained to look up to and respect as great, learned, well-credentialed, and they are well-credentialed, mm-hmm. but being well-credentialed does not exempt you from being a liar, does it? Not at all. I mean, it's a very old trick, and it's no surprise, really. In the, in the olden days, they they bring a bishop out or someone to with with all his finery on in a, in a day of uh, poverty, <laughs> and people would respect that. They respect power and wealth. Uh, they're, they're trained to actually. In fact, the more exaggerated you make the gap between rich and poor, the more the poor respect the wealth, and they bow down to it. In fact, it, it creates an abnormal craving to get up there. That's, you think it'd be the other way around, but actually it isn't. It isn't. Uh, even the worst abusers, like old uh, Rockefeller, uh, when he'd uh, had the militia come out and gunned down the miners in their tents when they went on strike, um, they brought in two PR men. Um, one of them became the Prime Minister of Canada. That was a part of his reward afterwards. The other guy was Gate, who was a, a relative of Bill Gates, a predecessor. And they redressed old Rockefeller up as a great philanthropist, a great man, and took him round the, the, the working camps. And uh, sure enough, the people uh, who survived being gunned down were all groveling towards him. And that's, that's astonishing. Kick yeah. me harder. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, look at, uh, look at Giuliani. Look at, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, people are finally coming around and seeing Bush for what he is, but for the longest time they were hailing this guy as their hero. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of I the know. chief orchestrators of the attacks. Mm-hmm. Well, Juliana went over to England and got knighted afterwards. They all do, you know, when they serve their purpose and the great work. That's what it's all about. And Kissinger did it. They all do it. Yeah. 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 Senior. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Has Junior been knighted too? Not yet. They'll wait till he's out. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When he after he's completed his loyal service. That's right. As the unelected, unelected uh, dictator. And I've no doubt some of the advisors are even more important than him uh, will get the rewards too. They, they generally, uh, it's the advisors who are really the bosses right. over the front man who's a puppet. He doesn't write his scripts. Uh, in fact, he, when he wanders from a script, he always puts his foot in his mouth. Uh, but he can read a script well if he sticks to it. Right. And yeah, don't just thank him for his nodding approval, but he, yeah. he didn't come out with anything. Not at all. No, no. Yeah. So it's a big, it's a, it's a horse and pony show. It's just a, a drama for the public as they get guided towards this. However, advisors across the Western world to all prime ministers and presidents um, obviously are all connected from the same source because they all push their, their front men to sign the, the latest agendas uh, at the same time in every country. So there's a coordination here. here. Leaders like Putin, you know, yeah. that at least on the surface seem to be great, you know, speaking against Bush. And, mm-hmm. But, I mean, we're, we're dealing with a puppet there, too, as well. It's all it? drama, absolutely. You know, I think he's changed his name three times so far. And uh, But, yeah, they're, they're just playing games for the public. Uh, but, 
professional wrestling. Quickly said the same thing. He, he, he said that and back in the 60s, he said that that for over 50 years, he says um, it's not important that all politicians are in on the agenda. All the lower ones are allowed a form, a lower form of competing. All the houses or parties are for their own personal rewards. It's only right. important that the, the ones at the top, the high cabinets, are pre-selected for the global agenda in every country. That's how it is. Well, all they're competing for, like you said, is just all personal aggrandizement to see who is going to get to serve the agenda. To serve it and get up the rung of the ladder. Yeah. I mean, you're, which multi-millionaire do you want to vote for, the left wing or the right wing? I mean, what's the matter? <laughs> right. You know, they're all lawyers. Yeah. My, my, my. It's so yeah. obvious today. I just can't imagine how people can't see it, but there really are still some yeah, I, I know. drones. Yeah. yeah. When Margaret Thatcher was in, in Britain, she was married to Dennis, her little man Dennis. And um, both of them had been uh, big-time real estate lawyers before she went, was picked to go into be prime minister. And she just happened to make laws for new military bases. And just before she picked them, her husband always managed to grab the land that the government then had to buy back from him about 10 times the price to build these bases. These scams go on all down through history because the general public to them are the profane, they are the sheep, and it's up to them being the big shepherds to fleece them. That's what a shepherd does. He doesn't keep sheep because he likes them. You know? you know, to what would you attribute the extensive, pervasive apathy, not just in this country, but again, around the world? I mean, here you could say, yeah, maybe it's the Prozac, it's Fox News. But in other countries, you don't really have uh, maybe the equivalent of Prozac, I guess, but not the extensive use of it like you have here. You know, mm -hmm. is it chemtrails, which we do know are being used everywhere? It's a combination of early inoculations. Uh, the inoculations, I don't believe now, after going over the history of them, were actually for the purposes they claim. Uh, the doctors don't know that inject you or the nurses. They take it all in faith. It's all faith-based. They don't, they don't even have the capacity to analyze what's in those injections. Um, and even if they did, why would they? Because they, they believe it as much as the public does. They right? do, and they're trained to, and every generation in, in medicine is trained in a different way. I mean, doctors today come right out of school believing that, that one in two people have always died of cancer. They don't know that, that the previous generation, it was one in four and, and, and back in 81 in thousands. Uh, so that's how easily it's, they're trained, this intergenerational training. You simply eradicate the last uh, bunch of facts and give them a new bunch of facts, and they adopt it without question. It's quite simple. It doesn't occur to you in university you're being lied to. Yeah, yeah they're just as dumbed down, albeit with... PhDs, but they're just as dumbed down. They're just, in fact, they're more indoctrinated when they get their PhDs. They are. It's hard as a stage to do. Arrogance can blind a person, an ego, and, and it works very well. Um, and, it, and I've had some professors myself talk to me, and from different places, telling me about the archives of history. And only about one in 60-odd gets a chance to actually get into real archives, the stuff that the big boys have access to. Uh, and no wonder, because it's all top secret. If the public knew what was really going on, uh, not just now, but previously, uh, there, there would be hell to pay. And they know it at the top. Well, who was it? Uh, uh, Russell. Uh, Bertrand. Bertrand Russell, yeah. He said that the public will not be allowed to know how their opinions have been formulated. That's correct. And long before him, 
Madame Blavatsky said the same thing in the 1800s because she met um, some of the uh, the families that were eventually sent over to take over the Fabian Society, the Astors, etc. And they told her that they already had these sciences figured out of social control, manipulation, and obedience. Uh-huh. Yeah. My, my, my. Yeah, she was one of the uh, founders, if you will, of this whole operation. Yeah, front person. I don't think she knew so much herself. She's more of an actress, really. Right, the parrot, I guess. Yeah, well, a bit of a, a, bit of a stage magician and not very good at that. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah. But you know, nevertheless, her writings have been very influential. Yeah, whoever, whoever really wrote them, you know, whoever really wrote them. Uh, but they're all Masonic, and, and even the ones who took over Besant. Oh, Alice Bailey, too. Yeah, but Besant was interesting, because Besant is the, the name of the Knights Templar's crest. It's a Besant. So even, and even that, she was uh, the daughter of Lord Besant. So there's an aristocracy all through it, you see. Right. They throw this stuff in front of the public and they rattle it off and never realize what they're even saying most of the time. <laughs> uh, it's quite, they love the little jokes, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, people attribute them as being these great intellectuals when, yeah, in reality, she's probably copying from one book to a... Uh, they are, and not even her. They're ghostwritten. I mean, Blavatsky claimed herself, you know, all this rubbish. It was to get the women in, actually, the working-class women who were... Uh, there was lots of them in, in uh, Europe at that time. It was to separate the old religion, start destroying the old religion, mix the Eastern philosophies with Western before they arrived at the present scientific age. But Blavatsky did say uh, that um, their purpose was to blend spirit with science. And when you see what science can do today... Uh, it's everything that people used to attribute to uh, spirit or supernatural forces. And it's interesting because at that same time, you had several major uh, religious sects springing up in this country, many of which are still around today, mm-hmm. that began uh, with a so-called prophet that got visions. You know, you had your Joseph Smith with the Mormons. Yeah, Mason. <laughs> Russell. Mason. <laughs> Right, he was a Mason. Yeah. Both of them were Masons. He incorporated a lot of Masonic ideas into the Mormon religion. Yes. And, and, uh, and so was Russell. Russell's buried under a pyramid. He put it across from the, from the Masonic Lodge with the number yeah. 666 on the side, too. Yeah. And then you had Christian Science, Mary Baker Eddy. She was into the mesmerism and more occultism. You had the Seventh-day Adventist founded by Ellen White. Her husband, uh, James White, was a, yeah. was a Mason. Yeah. All of these people were. Casey would, too. His grandfather was a very high Mason, and he taught Casey all the stuff that he was to bring out eventually. So they give us these people to fascinate us and mystify us, break our ties with the old, which, by the way, I mean, I personally think their ancestors gave us the old religions, too. And they were simply updating their system into the new, and they have to get us all on board and mystified and, and going along with it. Then in the 60s, they put the cap on it when they put the Beatles over to India with the Maharishi Yogi, and that was the complete blending of the old religion with the, the with, uh, Indian philosophy, Eastern philosophy, uh, bringing us to this stage now where we're now guided through uh, science, which is very much akin to the Hindu philosophies. There's a lot many there. bands after them followed suit, of course. And that's it. And, and the massive... Uh, simultaneous uh, amount of publications that hit uh, the book racks immediately on, on uh, yoga and God knows what else, a thousand million things, aspect, out-of-body experience, all that stuff that fascinates people. It was all designed long ago to, to enslave the minds. Yeah. And 
it's no accident that you're seeing mainstream uh, denominations today. No, no. Following suit, and, and in fact, I think they have more of a powerful influence dumbing people down and keeping them compliant than even the media or the education system. Yeah, I mean, see, we are social creatures, and that's what it's all founded upon. We have these tremendous social instincts. At uh, one time, they claim we were autonomous. In other words, each, each person could survive individually on their own. And then we either were forced to or somehow, I think the president was introduction of money and commerce and with a system, an old system that came back again, uh, that took over. And then we became social creatures, forced to be social, but they needed a strong religions to keep us in the social structure of theirs. And uh, conformity is part of being a social creature. Uh, culture is fluid, it's plastic, it's what's ever given to you at that time is the normal, is the culture, and it's, it's scientifically designed. Even Plato talked about it 2,300 years ago, that all culture is approved and uh, given from the top down. Any true culture coming up from the grassroots, uh, not under control of an elite, could have ripple effects and ultimately throw everything apart. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, you know, there really is nothing out there, and this is a point I'm always making in my talks, that there's no avenue of society. The only thing I, I, area of study that I haven't yet found any infiltration with is math, but uh, maybe you can, maybe there is, I don't know, yeah. mathematics. But other than that, I mean, there really is no field of study out there that has not been corrupted. No, it's not. Even mathematics, I mean, Bertrand Russell uh, did major thesis on mathematics. He wanted to turn the new language into a pure mathematical language for the, for the new age. And what he was really referring to was what's going to happen shortly, starting now. They want to put brain implants, chips in, and the mathematical language that would go along with it, which would eventually displace all previous uh, oral languages. Uh, well, you know, I'll say this. My, my daughter comes home with homework, and they're teaching a new way now to add and subtract that's totally alien, totally different from how they've, you know, taught it in previous generations. And I can only conclude this is designed to, to confuse the parents yes, so they can't assist their kids because they don't understand the new method. Mm -hmm. And it also confuses the kid because it makes it a lot more complicated than what it needs to be. So well, what, it was, to what it was was actually discussed back in Dewey's day. And they did follow through in what they said. Um, in the 1970s mainly, they did a completely new revamp of the way they, they, they taught uh, the language and, and writing and spelling. And, and also mathematics, the, the how to do long division, etc., etc. That was so that the, the child would be separate from the parent, or to give no, no respect to the parent. That was the age where don't trust anybody over 30. And it was so that the school teacher would have more influence over the child than the parents would, and the parents would be unable to help the children. When you help the child, you gain respect. If you're unable to, you're a failure in the child's eyes. That was all that was discussed in the 1920s in Bertrand Russell's sure. schools. And, and UNESCO, I mean, they've stated it over and over in their own documents that, you know, the purpose of education is to override parental authority. There's too much of a strong influence at That's home. Right. They don't hide. The NEA yeah. has talked about this in their journals. There's been many books from the top people employed by the, the, the London royalty, and Bertrand Russell was one of them. He was one of the upper aristocrats. Old What's family. Really? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, very old family. He was born into it, and... Uh, 
his family goes back for centuries and centuries uh, in the same capacity as lords. And uh, he had a, he was given experimental schools and the full right to do whatever he wished with the children uh, back in the early 1920s. Of like Mackenzie there. Yeah, and he was even encouraging pre-pubertal sex amongst them in the 1920s. Well, there you go. That's what McKinsey did. And what he said was, he said, if we can encourage them to have uh, a complete obsession with uh, with sex before the age of puberty, uh, the more partners they'll have, the less chance of bonding in a family unit they'll have down the road. Because at that time, he said, uh, they wanted to separate all children from the parents because the parents contaminated them with old ideas. These are the, the terms they used. Sure. And, and after experimentation, he says, no, he said, we've changed our mind. For, for one phase of it, he says, we can allow the, the parents to pay for the upbringing of the children. But if we can get the child at two, we can now, in kindergarten, scientifically indoctrinate them so that when they go home, the parents' um, input will be disregarded by the child. The scientific process was already complete back then. Yeah, I've got articles from Psychology Today going back to the early 70s where they say that, uh, you know, it is now possible uh, just by saying a few certain words and using certain gestures to influence at least 60% of our audience mm-hmm. toward uh, our own ends that we have pre-designed, and we, we're not shy to utilize this technology. No. And Beria gave a speech in 1934 about it. Hold that uh, We get another break. Stick with us, folks. We'll be right back. Giuliani, we've got uh, Alan Watt here as our guest. Uh, yeah, just before the break, there you started to uh, cite uh, a quote. Yeah, uh, Beria uh, gave a tremendous talk in the 1934 Comintern meeting in Russia, the Soviet Russia, and Beria was the, the head of the NKVD, which became the KGB. And he said it used to take us 70 years of propaganda and indoctrination to alter a generation. 70 years, he says. But now, using the Pavlovian system of indoctrination in school, he says we can update the ideas in children every five years. And he said it will increase as time goes on. So, literally, the child going into kindergarten today uh, will be given his program for the next, and his curriculum for the next few years. The person who goes in uh, a month later is given a little bit update to what he'll experience through his life. All early programming uh, familiarizes you with certain ideas that seem quite natural when those things develop in society in your lifetime. So it's incremental adjustment, you might say, for every generation. It's a scientific process. Yeah. I have a quote here from the journal Psychiatry. This is back in 1946. And it says, the reinterpretation and eventual eradication of the concept of right and wrong is the belated objective for charting changes in human behavior. Freedom from moralities means to be free from outmoded types of loyalties. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Long-term object- objective. Yeah, that, that's, that was, uh, again, even wrote about that before the French Revolution because the same system was, was uh, already working its way in then. Illuminati. Yeah, and, and it, uh, the Illuminati are just the front names for the intelligentsia that are hired to go to write books for the people, really, to be right. the front ones. And um, 
you, you, you'll find that with Voltaire and all these guys and Rousseau, uh, they were all paid and trained, paid by the same sources, to start influencing society uh, by putting out novels initially, because it's primarily through fiction that we are programmed, because our censored part in the mind, the brain is down. We don't put it up when we're being entertained. And so it's the greatest way to put new ideas, new ways of looking at something into your head, which then alter your usual reactions to a situation. Uh, that's an, an old technique which is well understood. So they've been doing at this for a long time. It's a perfect science today. Um, I mean, uh, you, you take... Uh, uh, even the music that's played for each, for each generation is altered slightly for the next bunch to make sure that even that generation is going to be separate from the ones who are five or three years older than themselves. Yeah, that's interesting that you mentioned that because, yeah, there's always this generation gap going thing. Yeah. That's I'm right. And yeah. now about rap, mm -hmm. it's just junk, you know. Well, you, uh, you, you hit the bottom. It. You hit the bottom, you wrap it up. And, of course, the Masons hit the gavel on, on so does the judge because it's Masonic court. He hits the gavel uh, um, uh, down on the square block, and that's, that's the wrap. It's called the wrap. You wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, Very interesting. And, of course... Um, you just look at the young generation today. I mean, the, the total breakdown. There's no respect. You know, kids threaten their parents. You better let me go to see that movie tonight, or I'm going to call CPS. And, mm -hmm. You know, yeah, the parents in fear of the kids. Uh, yeah, again, that was all figured out a long time ago. It's happened. It's here. And children who are deprived of authority figures have an exaggerated need for it, as every tyrant in history knows. And that's what, what the communists, the young communist party used. And you can't even spank your kids or, or you call it abuse. I'll tell you uh -huh. what, uh, another break coming up. Uh, stick with us, folks. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us here on Truth Hurts. This is your host, Charlie Giuliani. We're into the second hour already, and wow, time is just flying here. Got Alan Watt on as our guest. Uh, let me just, I just found another interesting quote here, and it's just so pertinent to what we're talking about. This comes from a book called The Temporary Society, Under the Impact of Accelerating Change. And it summarizes exactly what we've been talking about here, this mind-warping, mind-control garbage that we're seeing today so prevalent uh, it states, one cannot permit submission to parental authority if one wishes to bring about profound social change. In order to effect rapid change, any centralized regime must mount a vigorous attack on the family, lest traditions of present generations be preserved. It is necessary, in other words, to create a chasm between parents and children to insulate the latter in order that they can more easily be indoctrinated with new ideas. The desire may be to cause an even more total submission to the state. One must teach them not to respect the tradition-bound elders who are tied to the past and know only what is irrelevant. Astonishing. Yeah, that's, that's been uh, said in so many ways by so many people. And uh, again, it's, it's taught in some of the Ivy League universities to certain crews. So uh, there's nothing new in it. It's just that the public, you see, you can tell the public this stuff all the time. 
Uh, in fact, they can hear people saying it that are up there on the, the, the big uh, world theatre, and they refuse to believe it. They hear them. They say, I know he says what he says, but he can't really mean it. Right. So they make excuses right away because they're in denial. Because otherwise, if you don't go into denial, you'll have to take this guy seriously. And if he's talking about killing off three quarters of the world's population, then you, you have to face the fact that this guy that you've been taught and trained to respect is uh, not just an enemy, but he's a monster. Right. And you tend and then, to radically change your way of doing thinking and so on. Interact. And there goes their cozy, comfy little fantasy world that they live in. That's right. And you most will, people won't do that, you see. Yeah. I mean, they really do want to eat out of the hands of those that are kicking them in the teeth. And it, it doesn't matter if they're political leaders, religious leaders, mm-hmm. academic it, it, leaders. The abuse, system, the, the abuse system, the abuser or the abused victim always turns to the abuser in a closed system for help because they don't know any other way. And mm. that this is the, the form of, this system we live in is based on abuse. And even law is, is just uh, the threat of force unless you comply and the actual use of force if you refuse. That's what we're living under. Uh, it was Charles Galton Darwin in the 1950s in his book called uh, uh, The Next Million Years, which was a boast about the elite and what they're going to do. Um, he said himself, he says, there's always been a, a system of slavery. We're just c- uh, creating a more sophisticated form of it. Well, that sophisticated form is all around you. It's what we think is normal. Yeah, what I like to point out to people is, you know, most legislation, pretty much all legislation that's been passed in this country for at least the past hundred years, if you look carefully at it, it has nothing to do with what we think it does. Like, you know, the Patriot Act, obviously, they use the word patriot Mm-hmm. To, to cover what it's really all about. It's anti-patriotism. It's trashing our Constitution, trashing our rights. You know, the new freedom initiative, they put yep. the word freedom in there. It has nothing to do with freedom. It's designed to force kids to be psychologically tested and be put on drugs. Mm-hmm. And it was designed by the pharmaceutical companies like Eli Lilly. Yeah, all the, the, psych, the, the, the studies have been done on psychopathy. And the psychopath constantly brings this up. These terms that they use always mean the opposite. But they sound initially to the person who's not totally conscious, who glances over the surface of things, they sound warm and fuzzy and good. And then right. you find the opposite is an effect. That's yes. standard psychopathy because everything is done uh, through, through deception. With Psychological warfare. Yeah. Yep. Uh, oh my goodness, we've got another break coming here. Uh, stick with us, folks. We'll be right back at a lot more important things to talk about. Okay, guys. And Foolish Games is exactly what they're playing with us. You know, coming back to the manipulation that goes on with legislation, how it's designed to look rosy, cozy on the outside, but the real intent has nothing to do with public interest. It's just to protect the monopolies of the big corporations and take our rights and so forth. I can't think of a better example. And, and this shows how far back this goes. The 1917 Trading with the Enemy Act, it states that uh, this this law is designed to prevent U.S. corporations from trading with uh, nations that are belligerent toward the United States. Sounds good so far. But then it goes on to say, except those that have special concessions from the president. Mm-hmm. Yep. Unbelievable. Yeah, there's always a loophole uh, so they can do what they want. And that's other fallacy is there's, there's independent international corporations. Uh, since they even had the Cold War, they churned out many, many books 
about uh, who would be the victor, even though it was all a sham to start with, it was just to get uh, two sides all using science and tax money to, and labor to to create advanced weaponry for what's to be used in the near future. And, um, and they said that science would, would win. Uh, so in a, a scientific age, you couldn't allow advanced breakthroughs to be given to the public by some independent corporation. Uh, you'll find the CIA uh, actually funded many of the big corporations and actually controls them in the U.S. and Britain. It's still the, the same old bunch that started up the East India Company, the first registered corporation owned by royalty. Uh, it's the same old scam. Uh, so, and that's why the gas prices are the same everywhere you go. Uh, there's no independent anything anymore. Uh, you'll notice even when the computers changed over to the Vista in Canada, for instance, uh, they had the, the old XP 2000 on the shelf up until one day. The next day, it was all Vista by all makes and brands at the same time. The technology is dished out to them at the same time. Well, it's just like, you know, the World Bank, the IMF. Uh, one person who brought this out really well is Greg uh, um, Palast. You know, how Bill, given these loans that are so out of control, the, the third world countries can't afford to pay them. And then they'll tell them, okay, well, we'll knock down the interest rate half a percentage point, make it a little easier for you. If you promise to sign over your waterworks to this British company, good friend of ours, you know. Yes, it's a blackmail scheme, yeah. Yeah. It's a mousetrap. You walk in, and under the guise of helping you, you should say, beware of Greeks bearing gifts, and uh, <laughs> that's what the IMF's all about. It's a trap to get people in, and then they force them to take the modified seed and to sure. buy it every year, you're, you're enslaving yourself as soon as you touch these creeps. Well, all of these things were created ultimately by the same, you know, the CFR boys they created. Well, the they CFR. created the CIA. Yeah. yeah the, the OSS, the Wizard of Oz, was the, the, was the initial one, and that transformed into the CIA, but it was all controlled from London from the beginning. You know, Stevenson came over and, and helped set the whole thing up. And... Uh, uh, it's all one big corporation. As I say, in a scientific age, you couldn't allow someone with advanced science to break through independently with patents on things and give products to the public that would give them any semblance of freedom from the system. And so everything is authorized from the top, what the public do get access to. And we always get obsolete stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was talking about that with a guest yesterday, the suppressed technology. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, and there's nothing UFO scientifically fascinating about it. It's nothing to do with that. They've had these sciences. I mean, Nick Bagage came on um, CBC television a few years ago on Wendy Mesley show and showed some of these uh, little gadgets that you put in your pocket, like the size of a TV remote. And uh, you could put music or, or, or words right into the center of your head by line of sight to any distance. And the CIA were using this stuff in the 1950s. Yeah. It was solid-state circuitry for that size. It had to be. Have you ever well, talked well, with... before we even had the... We didn't even have the transistor at that time. Right. Have you ever talked with uh, John Hutchison up your way? Uh, no, I don't think so. He's a, a researcher who's, you know, experimented with uh, levitation technology, and he's made some incredible progress, but, you know... They've probably got stuff that goes way beyond what he's doing. He's just a one-man team, you know? Yeah, but when they show us a blimp balloon, they've already got a jet somewhere. I mean, that's how it works. I had to yeah. laugh at the, the stealth bomber being rolled out. There's always a new model of stealth bomber. And back in the 1970s, the BBC did a documentary on Area 51, which is a military base, not a UFO base. 
It's an experimental base, and they, and they showed these craft coming out out of the underground hangars, and and they they were noiseless, and and they could go to incredible speeds, stopping a dime, and uh, they hadn't even come along with the stealth then. Years later, they came out with the stealth bomber and says, this is the greatest thing we have, which is nonsense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Of course. It's deception. Well, the, com- the most advanced computer system we have out today probably is vintage 1980 or something, you know. <laughs> I, 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 long before that. So, no, they had this. Whatever they gave you and showed you, and, and they have real departments working with the old machines with big tapes and stuff from the 50s and 60s. That was all for public consumption because there's always three levels of science and security agencies working on the go simultaneously, and the one beneath them thinks they've got the latest. Right, and it's all that's how you give perceptions to the public, and they'll never catch on that how far ahead it is that way. That's so simple. Well, they want us to think that they're so far behind that they couldn't stop these alleged four airplanes uh, hijackers from uh, slamming into towers. They they were just powerless to stop it. Oh, we were in Cold War mode, and yeah, we're expecting. (laughs) Oh yeah, it's such a farce, you know. And and the same with the gene discovering the gene. They always knew the genes were there. They just couldn't actually find them or see them. Uh, and uh, then you, you, you just casually read over Rutherford, the mathematician's books from the 1920s, and the greatest mathematician in Britain at the time. And he said he was employed in the last few years of his life working on a project on genetics. Now, why would you need a mathematician to do with genes if you hadn't found all that you have today? So they hadn't yeah. found all that stuff back then at a higher level. There's always three groups working simultaneously, and the one below doesn't know there's the one above them. <laughs> Yeah, compartmentalization. Uh huh. Yeah. That's how the CIA works. Yeah, and we're at the bottom. Yeah. You can be working right next door to a guy whose office de- deals in foreign assassinations, and you think that he's a good old Joe like you. That's right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But the technologies are so far ahead, way so far ahead, because since they had that technology to put thoughts or voices in your head back in the 50s, and the covert agencies were using that equipment. Uh, what else did they have then? Yeah, you, you wonder, you know, what are they hiding at Area 51? I mean, what exactly is going on at that facility? And that's only one of many. That's only one base of many bases across the world. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, there's another one in the Himalayas, similar, and uh, surrounded by get the guards of India. So they're, they're all over the place. Now, do you think these people work in conjunction at the highest levels behind the scenes and are sharing their findings or... Everything's a need to know, and even even those categories of scientists are probably more monitored than the the general public, and that says a lot, uh, because they must keep tabs on on their employees, and those who can keep secrets don't give away things on phone calls to conversations to friends and stuff. They are let let in on the the, the higher secrets, you see. It's a need-to-know basis all the way through. Right. I mean, they're all working ultimately for the same centralized... Sure. Yeah. And even the spies during the Cold War, when you read their memoirs, they, they, they came to realize that, too, as they got to know their opponents. Mm-hmm. They met them in different countries, started having coffee with them, and, and then they realized they were all working towards a, a common goal of world unification, a scientific system. Yeah, they were fighting a sham Cold War, just like the War on Terror, of course. But it was great, because all the big um, industrial companies, the, 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 the war-making machinery, um, and the electronics industry got such a boost of tax money, and it's all to do with the satellite controls, all getting ready for what's coming now with the controlled society, the chipped society. That's where the money was all going. Right. Uh-huh. 
money that they, of course, sucked out of our pockets. Always. Well, that's what slaves are for. So if, if you could understand that, you, you, you give a sigh of relief. It starts to make sense. <laughs> In the Middle Ages, uh, the serfs, who were the English word for slave, they just changed it again psychopathically so you couldn't connect the two. But it's a serf was a slave. You were bought and sold with the land of, of the, that the Lord owned. And uh, the serf, without intensive farming, uh, 60%, he was allowed to keep about 60% of all his produce, which wasn't a lot to keep, feed his family and any, any help he had. The rest went to the Lord. So 40% went to the Lord. Today, well, actually 15, 18 years ago, they worked out the tax base for the average person in the West, especially Britain and Canada. It worked out to be exactly the same. Uh, the government at that time was taking 40-odd percent. Uh, that's an open tax. It's not the hidden taxes of all your purchases. So nothing's changed. You see, it's just a, a more sophisticated form of slavery. You know, the irony is the, the public needs to wake up to what's going on and put a stop to it. But at the same time, if suddenly you were to snap your fingers and everyone simultaneously became alert of exactly what's going on, it would be hell on earth, wouldn't it? It would. Uh, it would be hell on earth. And then they know this, too, because that's why they've been creating all of this um, uh, lethal and non-lethal weaponry and massive internal buildup of armies, multi-jurisdictional task forces, which are combined military, police, etc., uh, for what's coming. And uh, I don't know if you've read the Guardian report of the Minister of Defense from Britain, from their top think tanks, giving the next 30-year scenarios. They're expecting all of this to, to, to break out as they push this whole uh, new system on the public. It's a whole new system. They have no idea what's coming. It's a completely new system where you won't be allowed to marry or pick a mate or breed um, willy-nilly. Um, money is to be credits dished out by the government, by the state. You can't save them up. They'll be gone. Uh, whatever you don't spend will be gone at the beginning of the week. It's a, a brand-new system. But then again, it was designed back in Bertrand Russell's days in the 1920s. Well, I mean, yeah, even um, Aldous Huxley talked about that, that uh, everyone will be sterilized mandatorily, only certain ones will have the privilege of yeah. reproducing. Yeah, that's right. Well, only the better genes, as they say, yeah. You see, all commoners, you see, if you're not a member of nobility, you're a commoner, and that's to be eradicated. What a scary world they've got prepared, folks. Time to wake up. We'll be right back with Alan Watts. Stick with us. Okay, welcome back, folks. Truth Hurts Radio. It's your host, Charlie Giuliani. We have Alan Watt on the line. Uh, just a reminder to our listeners, if you want to call in and uh, uh, make have any questions for Alan Watt or any comments, uh, the number to do so is 800-313-313. 9443. Again, 800-313-9443. I'll tell you, Alan, we've been talking a lot about the uh, methods of mind control, and certainly there are many of them. Uh, we're hit from every angle. You know, we talked about the educational establishment, the media, the religious institutions. They haven't left any stone unturned. Um, you know, medications that a lot of people are on play a big role in this. Uh, chemtrails and, uh, you know, even uh, electromagnetic radiation, and you know, pulses. Food. What's that? The food and the water. Oh, the food. Yeah. I mean, everything. There's, there's, there's nothing they haven't left unturned. Yep. Is there any one of these that you see as being the most dangerous or do you think they're pretty much collectively all well, accomplished? Initially, the, the inoculations were the first step to knock out part of the brain that gives you your self-preservation instincts. 
This was discussed again early on and, and then reiterated by the United Nations. In the 1960s, they employed think tanks to find ways to lobotomize the average person through inoculations, something that would target bio-warfare, a part of the brain that would hop onto a particular uptake and go straight to that part of the brain which gives you your self-preservation. That was to be eliminated because the public in the future would not need that instinct because the state would be making all their decisions for them. Arthur Kostler wrote about that in The Ghost in the Machine. He was employed by one of these think tanks in New York. He was quite open about it. And in the last chapter of the book, he, he tells you it must happen for world peace. Well, you must understand world peace is a term from the elite. Peace to them is when they have no more worry about the mob down below. Yeah. I mean, this is just evil beyond description. You, you can't even begin to comprehend. See, most people, again, they, they, they don't have aspirations like this. They just want to put food on the table and yeah, take the kids uh, to Disneyland once in a while. They can't imagine that there are people yeah. that are this calculated, this evil, this far-reaching. Yep, uh-huh. And yet that's what the scientific communities are all indoctrinated with. They all have the same, regardless of the field of science, they go through the same indoctrinations of evolution as number one. Um, uh, we are our own gods, therefore we can plan the future totally. Uh, man is just a material like any other living organism. And we can alter it, perfect it, do whatever we wish with it. They're all given the same basic premises. And has the value of non-living material. <laughs> yeah, and also, that you know, we have this silly um, cover put up by Hollywood. There's no class distinction. Well, there certainly are classes, and there are, there are categories too. And you always find in a moneyed system, of commerce and money, uh, which is winners and losers. Uh, there's more losers than winners, and, and therefore the, one, the ones who get to the top are psychopaths. They claw their way through. They have no compassion for anyone because they cannot feel empathy for others. They are the ones who get up to the top, the clever psychopaths. And uh, that's the problem. It's inbuilt into the system. This is, in fact, their system that we're living in and we think is normal. Well, you have to be that way. You can't have a conscience to engage in the kind of activities that they're involved in. That's right. So there is no place. There's no place. You'll you'll, you'll see right down even into the the workforce because everyone's trained. At the top, you have a pathocracy. Beneath the pathocracy, you have a culture which they have given you, which is psychopathic in nature, although normal people will, will adopt it as natural and work towards it. Everyone is trying to get up the ladder before they sink, and it means if it steps on the person next to them and, and to, to, to get there, they'll do it. You're seeing an inhumane system around you. Um, you know, I, I don't want to go too far down this road, but just to touch upon this, because, you know, I, I can vouch for this from my own personal experience. I was a theology major in my more gullible days uh, years ago. I actually thought I was going to get into the ministry, and uh, that was going to be my, quote, job. And uh, I found out very early on just how monstrously corrupt the whole thing was, and it was just such a, a shock. Mm-hmm. My whole world turned upside down because these people that I had looked up to, the, the great theology professors, the learned theologians, were all playing this sleazy game and trying to buy me off. Yeah. Yeah. They basically told me, in no uncertain terms, and on a future show, folks, I'll, I'll share this with you, but you know, they, they told me that uh, basically shut up or get out. Yes, and that's the same all through the system of what we think are the successful circles. 
including politics. Uh, there's been politicians in Canada who started at state levels, or provincial levels, same thing. Um, and if they won't join the corrupt club, who's now got their hands in the cookie jar or the honey jar where the taxpayers' money is, if they won't join the club in what they call the freebies, which is corruption, uh, they gang against them. They'll, they'll, they'll gang up on them and try and set them up and get them out. That is the real world, and it can't be any other way in this particular system of, uh, of reward and punishment. So it's, it's not just that people go to work every day and spend what now is about half their work day working for the system that sucks out of their paycheck. Ultimately, you know, all your tax bill, tax burden combined is about 50%. Uh-huh. So not only are you working for somebody else because they're sucking that money illegitimately out of your pocket, but that money is being used to enslave you even more. Absolutely. We buy our own chains. We, we, we are paying for all the equipment that shortly will be monitoring us. Uh, the cell phone tower syndrome it isn't just to track cell phones, it's to track your new chip and your ID. Yeah, let's talk about that some more when we get back from the break. Stick with us, folks. Be right back. talking about the coming microchip scam. Uh, it's not coming. It's here already, but uh, the, the mandatory implantable microchips. And that's not something that anybody can say is paranoid gesturing anymore. Uh, when they were interviewing uh, Roberts, the Supreme Court, they asked him about how, you know, where he stands on things like this. And he's going to have to vote on that sometime during his tenure. I mean, it's, it's in your face. This is where they're taking us. It's in your face. They've already passed laws in, in different places, I think England too, where um, they said that, uh, um, that people with Alzheimer's were to be chipped in the hospitals so they couldn't get lost. I mean, the most basic fundamental uh, tenet of freedom is to be left alone, to live your life. That's- you know, I'm not breaking any law. I'm, I'm just providing my family. Leave me alone. Yeah, that's what we think. Yeah, we've been trained to think that. And again, it's a, it's a different reality from, from the ones of the elite who have been working full blast to bring a, about this new, what they call more efficient society, where they can program people ultimately to do different tasks and, and they won't have to employ a mass media and entertainment industry to keep them busy. Uh, but you, you won't need sports anymore, you know, or any of that. So we're very, very efficient. That's what they're looking towards in a step-by-step process. And ultimately using the material, which is mankind himself, um, and creating new types of humans for specially designed purposes. Um, that's what it's all about. Intelligent design, that's another meaning of ID. So, you know, this goes obviously far beyond lust for wealth. In fact, they've got more wealth than they could ever dream of. I think it even goes beyond the lust for power. Obviously, that's a higher goal here than money, but uh, I, to me, it seems like they simply want to serve this, this evil master that they... That they uh... mm-hmm. Yeah, if you look at evil itself and all the definitions of evil, which is just lived backwards, by the way, 
they live for the givers evil. Um, uh, you, you find that uh, in a psychopath, a psychopath is pure egocentrism. The world revolves around them. Uh, they have a gift of manipulation. They feel no emotion for others. They can put on a great show of emotion. That's why most of them become politicians or actors. And that's in, that's in all the, the psychiatric books, you know, and the studies I've done. Um, but they have a... I mean, what I'm, what I'm driving at is all of... Power. Yeah. yeah, all of this really is leaning toward service to the, the evil force that they... Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, I like that, that analogy you just gave, too. The, the opposite of life really isn't death, it's evil, because evil is actually worse than death. Yes, yes. And, and there's many forms of death. There's many forms of it. You can have a living hell. You know, and many people in the world are going through a living hell. And past generations did too in different parts. They did that in Britain during the Industrial Age. Um, death is actually preferable. I mean, give me liberty, give me death. It's actually preferable than the hell that they've got planned for us. Yeah, I mean, Franklin said it himself. You know, the, the BBC might have rewritten the history of Britain through uh, fictional dramas, but it doesn't stop the facts. I mean, Franklin said himself he watched factory workers coming out of England when he was over there, and he said none of them had shoes on their feet, and it was a shoe factory. They couldn't afford the shoes they made. Right. Uh, so people in all ages have had uh, different uh, stages of or, or, um, or symptoms of the slavery, but it's always been a controlled society. They gave us a temporary glut of credit cards to help us roll through this phase we're going through now of big changes, thinking it's never going to end. Right. As, as bread in circuses of, of the, the Roman emperors, that's all it is, and that's going to stop. And they've told us it's going to stop. That's you know, I want to make it... That's uh, what the whole sustainable development movement is about. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they like that term. Human resources is another one of their favorite terms, too. I mean, you yeah. talk about in-your-face slavery. I just want to make it clear for the listeners, I'm not advocating suicide when I say that death is preferable to what they get planned. But, I mean, if we sit back apathetically like we have been and do nothing about this to stop these scoundrels, there's going to come a time where we're going to wish we were dead. Mm -hmm. And the problem is with most people, see, this is the only system they know. Uh, they've been born into it. They think it's natural. It's the only system they know. And if you were to ask them, and, and really if you could command the airwaves of the world for a month and be on daily, nonstop, giving them all the data of where, they, where they've been, where they are, where they're going, um, and pondering all the, the, the questions that are never asked, is this the only system there can be, uh, and then offered them an alternative to the one that's coming, most of them would vote the same one back because it's all they know. And so, I, yeah, they've gotten to a point. They have no conscience. I shouldn't even say gotten to the point. They were groomed that way from day groomed one. that way, yeah. And that's so the culture they've been given them, yeah. They have no semblance of a conscience. To them, this is just business as usual. It's just another day at work. Mm -hmm. And they, they do so with the same indifference as, you know, any mass murderer uh, will tell. Yeah, yeah, even more so because they don't even have to be so careful. They have so much protection they are the law. They are the law, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there's, yeah, there's no force that, can, that, that they have to fear. None at all. But they are that force. Yeah. But actually, they fear the mob, the masses. They call them mob. They fear them. That's why in all ages, when the, the psychopathic group become top-heavy, too top-heavy, they turn on their own people and try and cull them down to a manageable level. This is not the first time. Yeah, they actually, they, they obviously do fear us. I mean, they don't fear any 
law enforcement agency is what I meant no. to say. No, but, yeah, no. they, they do fear us. That's why they have to lie. All constantly. They know they're outnumbered. Yes. That's the only fear they have, and, and that's why so much goes in, especially in this day and age, to entertainment and sports and trivia, um, pastimes, comedy shows, all the things you think is normal and you grow up with, um, and, and the things that stick in your mind, you know, all the little jingles from ad- advertising and so on. This is all trivia to keep you occupied with, with non-thought, in a sense. Pacifying and anesthetized. Yeah. And then they'll just, for days, weeks sometimes on end, they'll just dwell on the same stupid story that has nothing to do with anything that has any significance for our daily life. That's right. They'll, they give the public a drama of sex and scandal and murder. and, and Anna Nicole Smith. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And or, you know, how many, the, you know, how many weeks or months did they spend on the, the Simpson, uh, O.J. Simpson thing, right. and, you know, anything to distract. And in the 1800s, they gave you Jack the Ripper. I mean, that was a big thing at that time. And that went on, too, in all the papers. Everyone talked about it across the world. And uh, They love giving us spells. They cast spells over the public. They call them spells, too, by the way. You know. Well, yeah. to them, it is. It's magic. It's witchcraft. It's witchcraft. It does occupy the people. They say it. God speaks, speaks the world into existence. They speak it into existence, and the public parrot it and become obsessed with it. So they've convinced themselves that they're godlike, divine. Well, they have no problem because they, they don't see any opposition from anywhere. <laughs> now here, you know, you've got some people like Dan Rather or Jimmy Carter, for that matter. You know, they're nearing their end of their days. They seem to be um, trying to make amends for past sins. But then you get others like Brzezinski and, and Kissinger. To their dying day, they're going to be hailing the, the system that has served them and they've served, uh, you know. They're just a, a little bit better class psychopath. Uh, Dan Rather worked for the CIA, has been disclosed now. Uh, oh, I didn't know that, really. Yeah, he worked for the CIA for the, for the American Department of Culture Creation. That's an official part. They, oh, ran, they ran all the left-wing and the right-wing major groups in the U.S. They, they ran the communist groups, by the way, in the U.S. And uh, Dan Rather was one of many of them. Uh-huh. Well, it would make sense because, you know, right after the Kennedy assassination, bang, there he was saying, lying about the Zapruder film, you know. They must give you father figures that you grew up with that are very authoritative, uh, stare you right in the eye every night at 6 o'clock and tell you what you need to know, and you believe it. And that's why they pay them such big money and keep them there for, for your whole life, or long, longer perhaps in some cases, uh, because you're, you're fixed on them as a father figure. This is all psychology again. Yeah. I remember in an interview, Clinton once said that he realized early on that he wanted to get into politics, but but he knew that in order to do that, he had to befriend uh, the, the elites, you know, the the secret group of, of uh, yeah. the financial uh, wizardry. Yeah. 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 And of course, later he talked about uh, his mentor there, Quigley, yeah. being his, his inspiration. So, but, but he understood that you're, you're not going to climb that ladder. You're not going to get anywhere unless you have the support of these people because they're the true sources of power. Yes, and he was vetted. You see, the, uh, he got a Rhodes Scholarship. Rhodes Scholarships were set up by the British royalty. Cecil Rose fronted for it, along with Lord Rothschild, to bring in world government and to train advisors, bureaucrats, and prime ministers and presidents for global government from yeah. all countries. And 
part of the, the conditions to get that scholarship isn't just to have an extremely good intelligence, it's to have the ability to be a, absolutely ruthless when required. That's a stipulation uh, mm. for that scholarship. Same as Colin Bones over here. You're vetted for your psychopathic traits. Yeah. 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 They strip you very early on of your conscience. They, they have you actually engage in activities that are designed to do that. Uh, actually, the, the, the test is to see if you've already, uh, you're already psychopathic. <laughs> oh, they do. There's a psychopathic yeah. test. And they, they do pass as, as psychopaths. Yeah. That's who they recruit to be the front men who have no conscience to do what they're told. People forget all of the, the thousands of cruise missiles that were launched over Baghdad all, all over the years that he was in office. And uh, he had no conscience about it. None of them do. They're psychopaths. And, you know, and Madeleine Albright can make statements like, yeah, I think yeah. it was worth it, the death of those 500,000. She doesn't care. But that is a psychopath. That's what we have to realize. You're, you're dealing with the deviant creation here. This is the deviant creation. The deviants are running the ordinary, normal people. They're not even human anymore. Yeah, psychopaths technically are not. From that standpoint, they don't have a center of the brain where there is compassion for others outside their own group. They don't so with all their technology, you know, to damage this section of the brain, not only that's designed for self-preservation, but apparently with a conscience, I guess uh, they naturally already have that, that loss. Yeah, they, they are themselves the natural, naturally born that way, uh, deviant creations. And you will find psychopaths in all strata of society down to the street level. There are certain types, not all of them, but within the group, every group, you have psychopaths. Some are more intelligent and know how to manipulate better. Some are born into power and wealth and have no problem starting off uh, with power. Um, and, and other ones are employed by them uh, to work up through the ranks, and they'll serve their master as well. They'll serve their paymaster because that's the only loyalty they'll have. They, they love acclaim, the limelight, and applause, uh, even though they're lying all the time. So, so he's standard to psychopath, yeah. So this brings me back to another point I, I like to make, is that uh, Bush, as sleazy as he is, and this doesn't exonerate him for what he's doing, but in a sense, he's every bit as much of a slave as what he's trying to make everybody else into. He is in a sense. In fact, I think, to be honest, I mean, as I say, even in high Freemasonry, that the top man is, is never the boss. Number two is always a boss. It's always the vice president that's the boss. He's closer to the real agenda. The front man you can afford to lose if need be or through some mishap or he just dies of a heart attack. Um, <clears throat> so there's always someone there who really must be the real boss. And right. as soon as he becomes the real boss, his advisor then takes over. Uh, that's how it works. The advisors and the vice presidents are the more important of the two. So that even if, uh, and you know, this certainly is not even fathomable, it's never going to happen, but even if some, by some miracle, let's say Bush was struck by lightning and it knocked sense into him and he suddenly had a conscience and wanted to turn, the, there's nothing he could do. There's nothing to do. It wouldn't matter anyway because the new American century policy uh, was published in the early 90s, rewritten by Wolfowitz in the, in the later 90s with a whole agenda written down there that America yeah. was to lead this, these wars against the Middle East, beginning with Afghanistan, then Iraq, Iran, Syria, etc. Uh, so uh, all of those guys at the top uh, were all part of the old Trotskyite movement uh, back in the Cold War, but they were employed by the CIA all along, every single one of them. I just marvel that people can't see this because it is planned out way in advance. I mean, what we're seeing now with the Pan-American Union, the EU, all of this stuff. So Brzezinski, again, he talked about it in 1970 in his book, Between Two Ages. Well, even, uh, even old Theo Roosevelt talked about it, and so did President Wilson. 
Oh yeah. Uh, so so these, it's not an old, it's not a new idea at all. It's just a gradually. It's, it's not that they couldn't have done it quicker. It's treating the public gradually to accept it. Step to accept it. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, we would have had this a long time ago. And, and don't forget that Karl Marx wrote about it in the eighteen fifties. Uh, yeah. Karl Marx wrote about the United Europe then to be followed by the United Americas and also a Pacific Rim conglomerate. And of course, he was just government. he was just parroting himself material that was already circulating. It wasn't original with him either. He was just a journalist who was employed to write it. His name wasn't even on the first couple of issues of the manifesto. <laughs> and he belonged to the same Masonic club as Charles Darwin. So, I mean... Uh, was that the League of the Just, uh, League of Just Men or whatever? Yeah, and the Royal Society. That's the uh, yeah, Society. yeah. So, right. it, it's, uh, it's all the same clique from the same source. Now, where do you see, you know, Zionism fitting in with this? Uh, Zionism has uh, the three different meanings. Uh, and again, to the masses, I think it's a homeland for Israel. Uh, but it's not. It's, it's, it's also a, a play on the, the old uh, Priory de Sion, which was the Templars... Um, one of the Templars groups in the Middle East, um, a charter that were given by the Pope. And Sion used to be spelled S-I-O-N because S-I-R-Z, it makes no difference how you pronounce it. It's from the two letters in the Kabbalah of two words uh, going back for thousands of years, old trick. And uh, they take S-I for sin. Sin is the moon in Hebrew and Aramaic. So uh -huh. then they take uh, um, On, which is the phallic symbol, the male symbol, so this has nothing to do with, like, Mount Zion, then? Oh, no, no, no. Interesting. I didn't and never... and uh, the mountain itself is just, again, a figurative symbol of the phallus, uh, the, the coming together of the two into one, the perfection of the male, which is the, uh, the, the, the on, the Egyptian word for the obelisk, and uh, sin, which is the moon, the female. It's, it's all Kabbalism. Uh, but under the guise of Kabbalism and mysticism is actually just the plan written in mystical terms, like Revelation, same idea. So it's a, it's a sex cult, basically. Uh, it's not just sex. It's through interbreeding, through perfection of breeding. That's the whole thing, and even in masonry, is that you don't willy-nilly pick uh, a partner to breed with. They're picked for specific qualities. You can breed qualities in or out, and that is what uh, royalty and aristocracy in all countries have done for thousands of years as perfection of their species through selective breeding. Yeah, so we're back to the perfect Aryan race philosophy. All of that stuff. Not back to it. I don't think it's ever left us, actually. It's been here. And, uh, uh, and the, the Aramaic and, and Hebrew, again, it goes back to the Hurrians. The Hurrians is just another way of saying the Aryan. Uh, and uh, so that the Aryan race um, was supposed to be superior a fierce, warlike, very intelligent, and um, and uh, the idea was to get them paired up again because they were outbreeding, losing their abilities, but to get back to inbreeding and regaining the qualities. The old eugenics lie, folks. That's right. stick, stick with us, folks. We'll be right back with one more segment uh, with Alan Watt. Your host Charlie Giuliani. We got a few more minutes here with Alan Watt. I can't believe how fast the time has gone by. Uh, yeah, Alan, I'm going to want you to plug your website and uh, any books and other materials you have. But before we do that, just to finish up the discussion we were having before the break about eugenics, um, people need to realize this stuff goes way back. This goes back, uh, you know, to the mid-19th century. Uh, you know, Adolf, Hitler, Adolf Hitler's Aryan race was a spinoff of this. It, was, it grew right out of it. Uh, Julian Huxley, the first secretary general of, the, of UNESCO, 
brother to uh, Aldous was a major uh, proponent of uh, eugenics. You, you realize that, that, that all the British aristocracy have always used eugenics because that was always part of their belief system. As thousands of years old, they believed it in Sumer. Uh, the kings and queens were often brothers and sisters. Uh, yeah, when I say it goes back to the mid-19th century, I mean in its modern form, but yeah. yeah it, it, it hasn't changed. It's the same system, same same descendants, really. And, well, I mean, um, we, it's like the... And then you have the, priesthoods to keep their genealogies uh, and mate them up. Uh, it's the same in high masonry. Third-generation masons, uh, hopefully they hope, have uh, had their wives picked for them, so it's now the third generation, it's the son thereafter. Yeah. And we've gone back to the medieval monarch intermarriage thing, too. I mean, you know, the... Oh, yeah. you got Bush and Kerry and... and uh, they're all related, his wife, yeah. Himes, and... Um, they're all related, uh, so they're related on both sides, these characters, their wives and, and their husbands are... Al Gore. ancestry, yeah. They're all distant cousins. As a matter of fact, I heard George Bush Sr. and Barbara are distant yeah. cousins. Yeah, and you find even George Washington was related to royalty, you know. Uh, a lot of presidents have been related to royalty. It's the same bunch. We have never been free. It was a good illusion of while it lasted. <laughs> wow. Uh-huh. Incredible. But, yeah, as far as the websites go, they can check uh, uh, com and uh, Alan Watts. SentientSentinel.eu as a European site for different Do you have uh, books as well? And There's books for sale there on a lot of this, uh, exploring the mysteries and giving the real meanings of things, and, um, and also to do with the civilization, where it begun, where it ended. There's also CDs on that, two talks I give. So they can check it all out on uh, CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. So, I mean, when they talk about the ancient sciences, the, the, the ancient mysteries, they're not kidding. I mean, this stuff has been secretively passed on from thousands of years ago. How to manipulate the public, how to exploit oh, yeah. Even them. Even Herodotus, who was sent over, uh, most of the Greek aristocracy were related to the Egyptian, too. And they used to always get educated in, in Egypt. And, and then Herodotus uh, said that the first thing the pharaoh was taught was um, how, to, how the, the magic of controlling the public... And the, pub, the mind of the public was, was, was done and created and, and continued. And so it was a, these sciences were well understood thousands of years ago. Unbelievable. And all the while we've slept or, or been distracted by the football games and the soap operas, behind the scenes, this stuff has been going on. Uh, well, it's always like the subliminals. You know, they, they would put one little frame in the midst of a two-minute commercial uh, in, in, the, in the theaters back in the 50s, and, you know, it was, it was a frosty glass of Coke, and people would jump up and go get their Coke. Yes, they would. And they put, so odors, in, and they put odors in some of them, too, to try that. And, and uh, it, the, the more senses they can take over, the more they can convince you it's real and manipulate you. Yeah, and, and they're, they're doing it all the time, folks, in ways you can't even imagine. Anyway, unfortunately, we've run out of time, uh, but I want to thank you for coming on and look for... Uh, look forward to having you on again sometime. It'll be a pleasure, yeah. All right, take care, my friend.